So thank you for clicking on play and welcome to the first inaugural Glenvor podcast. And uh, I'm your host, your researcher, your guide, your crazed whiskey geek in some eyes as well. Uh, my name is Jason, so or JJ, and welcome to this episode. I think in this episode what I should really do is outline the purpose why I'm doing what I'm doing very briefly and what you can expect in subsequent episodes and uh, we can get into the dirty nitty gritty in future podcasts. Um, the Glenvor podcast is uh, an ongoing research project. Now for those of you who don't know who are maybe I don't know, looking for uh, something else beginning with G and you've clicked on this by accident or expecting a, a bourbon or a whiskey review, that won't be happening. Um, this series, this podcast, is all about a particular distillery um, located in Muirtown, which has now been swallowed up by uh, Inverness, but uh, it was its own area at one time in the 1800s and it played host to Glenalbin Distillery, but uh, at a later date in the early 1890s it played host to Glenvor. Now, Glenvor is spelt uh, Glen obviously, but M-H-O-R, or you can say it Glenvar, or even just some people call it Glenmore. Uh, and that's something we'll touch upon uh, in future episodes because that leads to a variety of spellings uh, for the distillery, which again can affect your um, research, your hits, if you're using online tools. Uh, and I, I'm sure it's just a common problem even with um, researching family trees, but we do have it here on this. So this distillery was built in the late 1800s and it was in operation uh, for less than 100 years, uh, closing its doors in 1983 and then being demolished uh, a couple years later. But uh, I always felt that uh, the distillery itself, when you look at uh, the textbooks, you know, the um, the biblical whiskey guides that we all refer to and uh, many of us have grown up with and um, continual sources of information and debate, but also because of their formatting uh, and the period that they were constructed in, uh, they're limited in some respects. And also, you know, these things tend to point towards similar sources and uh, those sources originally might not have been as thorough or as reliable. So mistruths, errors get repeated throughout time. And certainly when I was reading Glenvore, I knew there was much more to the story than these books were telling me. Uh, you know, the malt whiskey yearbook that I've been a fan of for many years, and I'm sure you have as well. Uh, the closed distillery section has gradually reduced and you can appreciate why, because there's so many new distilleries being created and less people are able to afford the small, sorry, less able to purchase whiskies from the closed distilleries uh, and something has to give, which is understandable. And many of the authoritative textbooks um, around whiskey and history were published 30, 40, 50 years ago. And if you're relying on Alfred Barnard, which is you know, very much a definitive snapshot of distilleries towards the end of the 1800s, you know, you can't go any better, but also, you know, that is quite some time ago. Uh, in comparison, a lot of the modern day whiskey books are regurgitating that information and perhaps taking a modern 
perspective on whiskey drinking and modern whiskey distilleries that they can visit. So all in all, people were are not really too, I wouldn't say enamoured, but they aren't really focused or aware or even interested in these closed distilleries as much as perhaps they were 20, 30 years ago. But since then, we do have a new appreciation of whiskey. We do have a new level of whiskey geekiness, if you want to say, or whiskey enthusiasts that some might want to call themselves. And people want to research these things. People want to taste these things. Uh, and certainly myself growing up in Scotland, you know, there's not whiskey on every corner, but there's definitely a whiskey influence very close by at all times. And if you were lucky, as I was as a child, to travel through some of Scotland, you know, you would see these little traces of distilleries, as well as the distilleries that were still in operation. And I've always been interested in history. I've always been aware of the past and its importance and relevance in today. And it just really struck me that nobody was really paying much attention to certain distilleries. Um, I mean, there are some great books out there. I mean, Scotch Mist by Brian Townsend is certainly one. But um, And also the Rare Malt book by Ulf Beckstrid, which I apologize, I've said wrong as well. But I think n nobody has really done a deep dive on a closed distillery. There are some books out there. Um, some are commissioned by distilleries. So, I mean, you can get ones like Glenn Farkless. You can get the super uber, uber fans who do something along the lines of Lefroy book. And they're tracing the history. And they are, you know, piecing it together you know, of using perhaps the, the distillery's own records. Um, and because those distilleries are still in operation, these things are perhaps a little bit more accessible. But at the same time, there is the guiding hand of the distillery behind it, and uh, the people involved may be financing the book, or they may be even, you know, assisting in, in many ways. And of course, subconsciously, as a writer, as a researcher, you, you have to follow the facts, but also uh, perhaps there's a, a way of presenting these more favorably than perhaps uh, the reality of history tells us. So I was aware of that, um, and also it's worth shouting out another book. Um, Dr. Patrick Broussard has written a couple of books um, on uh, Glengarry, uh, which I stumbled across once on in the distillery shop. They were more than delighted to sell it, and that was, uh, it's not a huge text, but it, it gives you everything you need to know about the distillery and the documents and the old photos, and that was refreshing, you know, from a historical perspective. And then several years later, he did Brora Distillery, which is another closed distillery north of Inverness and uh, is probably one of the blue chip closed distilleries. One of the names that everybody gravitates towards because the whiskey, for the most part, is superb and um, it has a real presence and authoritative nature. Uh, and I think off the top of my head, um, that particular research for um, Dr. Broussard took him the best part of a decade. And again, it's not a huge book, but it's concise and it gives the detail. But I also think as well, these books from that period, things have changed. There's, as I said, there's more appreciation, but there's probably more appreciation from archives, um, from libraries, from institutions that hold this information. Things are becoming more documented. You know, you can search online without having to troll, visit the, the facility and troll for hours on end for the 
tiniest glimmer of a nugget of information or a document. You can do a lot of researching from the comfort of your own home. You can even um, download these things in some cases. Or failing that, you've got a list and you can go to the archives and you can pull these things together. So times have changed, but in so many ways, while we are losing people who maybe worked at these distilleries and their memories, which is a, another side to things, we are able to research this information. And the archives, as I said, are more aware of the interest around whiskey and the importance of preserving, but also highlighting what information they do have. And this probably has never been pulled together in uh, an absolutely ridiculous detail before. But um, I was, Glenvore's always been a particular favourite of mine. It might not be one I've written too much about because I was always uh, interested in just enjoying some secret pleasures. And it's fair to say that Glenvore is not... Um, appreciated by everybody for good reason uh the whiskies can be variable and also i think you know it's not in those upper echelons it's not in the top five blenders uh components you know it's not a glitzy glamorous single malt distillery but it has a, it is a distillery and it has a tale very unique to itself which uh, i said about um wanting to discover several years ago Little did I know that um, I really was going down the rabbit hole on this, but that will become clear in future episodes. But I think for me, the real, one of the real interesting things, and certainly people who have gravitated towards the website and seeing what happens is the possibilities of the website and what it offers. You know, I can update things. You know, I don't need to wait for a second division, uh, sorry, edition or a revised edition. I can update things almost instantaneously. I can reflect immediately on new information. I can use the timeline. I can drop things in. I can sit back and think, right, is this previous thesis, is this correct? Does this back up what we thought? Or does this totally undermine it and force us to reevaluate things? You know? So it's almost like an organic, growing, throbbing mass of whiskey information. And people can... In a way, I suppose, you know, one of these shows on television, you know, you, you see these shows where people, uh, you know, researching uh, Templars or lost treasure. So you're you're almost bought into it and you want to see the outcome and you want to see, you know, who done it or, you know, where it is. And uh, you're on the adventure, you're on the experience. So uh, in a way, the website perhaps allows people to do that, which might explain why people are very interested in what I'm finding. I would say that, you know, the original intention of all of this was to just have a website where anybody across the world could punch in Glenvor whiskey. They could find something, you know, as much as there are little nuggets of information out there about the distillery, there's far more to be found and to be digested and to be, you know, presented to people. So, whether you're in a, a boozer in Scotland or in a, a high-end bar in Japan, you know you will be able to find out something about the whiskey that's in front of you if you've decided to pour a Glenvor. And um, that was the original motivation, and it, it still is fundamentally there, but now I'm probably more vested in unearthing uh, new things. I know what's coming. Uh, I know where there's more resources. Um, so it's going to be fantastically exciting to 
bring these to you not only online but now in this audio format and hopefully you know we can expand things i can maybe get some people on um, and can talk to them about glenvor and we can take it from there and see where we go but that is the general overview i think in episode two we will perhaps talk a little bit more about the distillery perhaps why i was interested in it um and what we can expect uh, i think going forward once we've done the first couple of episodes which give you the the outline because remember i've probably got a couple of years research online already uh, i think we'll then settle down into irregular episodes about um, new discoveries um as we upload them and as they're made and i can debate you can you can sense my inner workings in my head as these little cogs and wheels turn rapidly trying to place things and divulge things and digest and regurgitate and defragment all these things until we perhaps say with some confidence or more confidence than a guess that yes it was this way yes this is correct yes this is what happened in this year or on this day or to this person and we can enjoy the ride so thanks for listening and hopefully i will see you on the next click and we'll take it from there